Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week is very exciting. It's the 50th episode, first of all, and second of all, I have my nannies from when I was growing up on, Margie Russell and Debbie Rade. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. So glad to be here. So excited to have you guys on. Um, we have chatted a little bit before this, but this is the first time all three of us have talked and are really like much, much, much too long. Yes, that is true. Yeah. So um, before we get started kind of talking about, you know, strolling down memory lane together, uh, let's hear a little bit about you guys' backgrounds, where your lives have taken you, things like that. We'll start with Debbie. Yeah, great. Um, so my background has been a little bit eclectic, but I've really enjoyed pretty much every moment, um, hills and valleys, of course. But so... <laughs> Yeah. I after graduate school, I stayed on and worked in housing, and that's where I met Margie, and yeah. also you, Martha Reddick. Yeah. And so I did that for several um, several years, and then I um, expanded my love of theater and performing, and then I landed into working on cruise ships for several years, educational cruise ship where I did um, dramatic readings as well as yes, I called bingo. <laughs> and now I found myself full circle as I'm working at a university. So I'm back in the um, university setting. Awesome. And just to clarify, um, Debbie met me through my mom. I was not <laughs> working at a university at the age of three. Um, my yeah, mom also, that would have been illegal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I would have been terrible at it. Um, <laughs> But yes, my mom worked at the University of Tennessee in the in the housing uh, department. Um, so that is where they met. And then she met me through that. Wonderful. All right, Margie, let's hear your background. Hey, yeah, well, I've been a little more uh, steady as far as I've been at UT for the most part, most all of my professional career. Um, I currently work in the College of Engineering as the Director of Academic Advising. Awesome. And uh, met Martha's mom through in housing years ago when I was a grad student and Debbie, and we all worked together, and that's how we met Martha. Awesome. Uh, I'm, uh, 
happy to have a teenage daughter myself now. So um, definitely have used some of the things I've experienced with Martha on my own child. So that's worked out well. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe one of the last times that I saw you face-to-face, Margie, was at Grace's birthday. And I don't even remember which birthday, but like six or something. Yes, she was little. Yep, yep. She's 14 now. So, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's been a while. Yeah, we'll all have to get together. We will. Next time I'm in Knoxville. um, Yeah. I'll have to come say hi. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, that kind of segues nicely into uh, my first question, which is because some of these things I don't know because I I was a child. So, how did you guys start uh, babysitting me? Well, I I think it's the the one of the beautiful things about housing and university life is it, it it's one big village, and so to me it it's like it takes a village to raise a child, and so your mom um, was a single mom. Mm-hmm. pretty shortly after she had you and we adore and love your mom. And so we just offered to help. That's and so sweet. we just, uh, and we, we, we tag teamed. That's what we did. So it was yeah. the Margie and Debbie show. <laughs> yes. That helps a lot. <laughs> it does. It really does. I mean, having that balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I was talking to mom before this interview, because I was like, fill me in. You know, I was a kid. I was like, these awesome people are taking care of me. That's all I knew. Um, (laughs) So I was like, fill me in. And she uh, she said that you guys would work kind of work it out amongst yourselves, like who was going to take me when and how it worked with your schedules and things like that. Yeah. Um, which she was very flexible with us, which was great. And she just was so welcoming to include us, I think, in your family. Which Aww. was wonderful. Yeah. And you guys, well, that was we called each other our secret sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Do you guys remember the origin of Secret Sisters? Did so, it I don't know if you remember this, Marge, but So there was two different things. So one of the things I mentioned that I I did theater while I was working at UT and housing, and that was to balance my time outside of the residence hall. And I actually took you to a couple of performances where I was a stage manager and it was into the woods and there was Cinderella Mm -hmm. and all these characters. It's a beautiful, beautiful play. I love the musical. And so we had just always been there for you and we had a bond. I mean, I, I still remember like one time there wasn't many arguments, but one time we got into argument. I'm like, I'm getting into an argument with a four-year-old and she's winning. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh. But so then your mom had a school, uh, you know, preschool um, or whatever Mm -hmm. that was called at the time Uh meeting with your teacher. And she said that she thought you had a hard time um, separating fact from fiction. And and she's going, what? Remember? (laughs) Well, she thinks (laughs) She she thinks she has sisters and we know she's an only child and that she met Cinderella at the mall. And well, well, lo and behold, we were like sisters. You know, I guess we were at that time younger than aunts. So it was a little bit easier to say we're sisters than aunts. Right. Um, and then the, you did see Cinderella. You saw Celeste, the woman who played Cinderella at the mall. That's so, so um, And then I think it went into, let's just call them secret sisters after this. 
Nice. Oh, I got it. So it was like, <laughs> let's not announce that they are your actual <laughs> sisters to everyone. They're exactly. secret sisters. I get it. Oh my Thank gosh. You. That unlocked the mystery. You separated off from reality too much. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, no, no, no. Actually, these are real people. These are people. It's not- That's, They're not Harvey. Yep. Well, I still, you know, probably I would still get that note. Um, <laughs> I'm still in theater. So I, I still have a hard time separating reality from fiction. It's more accepted in theater, though. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. And you did a lot of monologues standing in the middle of your dining room table for us <laughs> as a child. That's right. Okay. <laughs> it oh. was dinner theater at your house. <laughs> and after we would eat, you always liked to stand up in the middle of the table and um, entertain us. That's so, so you funny. started very young. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. I have no memory of that. I think I've blocked that <laughs> out. Um, well, speaking of, so besides dinner theater, what were some of our favorite games to play? I think any make-believe kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We, we, anything could be a game. Even eating dinner could be, you know, make-believe in a game just to make it fun. I remember you had a habit of dipping your French fries in your water glass before (laughs) you would eat them. (laughs) <laughs> and it was we had made up a whole thing about why you did that and then with broccoli you did like broccoli but you liked it even better if you thought you were eating tiny trees, trees. <laughs> so we would talk about don't eat the trees you know leave the trees and all this and then you'd gobble them up you know kind of thing <laughs> so it was just trying to get through a, a meal with you know some vegetables and stuff if you could make things a game or make it fun you know, then it's, it's something that I think kids, you know, just want to do. They're just like, Oh, I can do it. You know? Yeah. Which is actually something that we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, we had uh, an episode with Katie Leineke, uh, talking about ending mealtime struggles. And that was one of the techniques that Katie recommended is to turn it into a game. And, um, and I actually play a very similar game with the kids that I nanny of, Uh, instead of, you know, don't eat the trees or things like that, we pretend that an elf is going to steal all the food mm-hmm. and they always start with the vegetables. So you have to eat those first. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll turn around and be like, oh, I, you know, I've got to do something over here, but make sure that the elf doesn't get any of your veggies. Yeah. That seems That's good. Important. That's good. Yeah. The elf is a vegetable hoarder for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, they've got to keep their glowing complexion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those little elves. Um, that's, that's so awesome. Because, yeah, I know that I certainly didn't grow up. I didn't have any video games or things like that. No. I think, like, a Game Boy when I was older was all I had. So it was, you know, much less. There were much fewer screens available. I know there was mm-hmm. a TV, but... Um, But yeah, and so I was curious about, you know, the games that we played because I know a lot of nannies nowadays, since, you know, iPads are so, you get in these fights over how much iPad time a kid gets. Yeah. So I thought, well, we didn't have that. (laughs) We didn't have that, but I also think that 
besides the games, you had a voice. And we, we pretty much, even though we had to make some decisions and sometimes had to veto some things just because of X, Y, or Z, like, you know, the timing of it, or it was close to bedtime, et cetera. But, but you had a voice. And I think that was, to me, that was really important. You know, like when you did want to work for, you know, want to go to McDonald's and we were young professionals and didn't have a lot of money. We're like, that's going to cost money. Where, where are we going to get this right. money? <laughs> but, you know, we, <laughs> you know, so we, we did, we did invest in you as a person. Um, and so we could have those great conversations um, at any age, really. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think, I think books and reading were big mm-hmm. to you. I mean, we did watch, you know, move videos. It was, mm-hmm. you know, probably VHS back then, but, um, you know, Disney films and, and different things that we read. Um, and I think reading to children at any age is a great way to help yeah. get them started on expressing themselves through words and just being able to kind of get off in their own world at times by being able to read. Um, And so I think reading, um, I can remember bedtime stories and reading Mm -hmm. and things too. Oh yes. I love that. And I still, um, I listen to a lot of books on CD or like I have an Mm -hmm. audible account and I think it's Mm -hmm. because you guys, I know always read to me. Mom always read to me before bed. Mm -hmm. It's very soothing to to be read to before bed. Yes. Um, Yes. And that's something I do with my daughter did when she was little and now she's an avid reader herself. I mean, I think it kind of, begins that love of reading when others read to you and then just slowly you evolve into your own reader. Yes. Opens up a lot of doors. It really does. Yeah. In my um, education program, because I did secondary English education. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of focus on, you know, how to get kids to love literature. And in one of our classes, the professor was like, I'm really sorry to say this, but a lot of times by the time you get them, it's, it's somewhat set. She's like, these are things that we can do to help, but it starts when kids are really, really young, um, mm-hmm. is introducing them to literature younger. Um, cause by the time they get to high school, if they have in their head that they don't, that they're not a reader, they don't like it then there's a lot, it's a, it's a much harder battle. It's not a lost cause, but it is a much more Mm -hmm. difficult battle. Yeah. The hill's a little steeper. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, well, that's, that's all really lovely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So you mentioned McDonald's, Debbie, and uh, I, I'll kind of turn this story over to you guys, but I do remember (laughs) filling out an application to McDonald's. Uh, I don't remember how it came about or (laughs) why I did it. Um, I mean, I do know why I did it. I loved McDonald's and I wanted it. And I wanted to work at one with a play place specifically so that I could play during my breaks. Um, But yeah, if you guys can can fill in the, the blanks there of how that came about. Well, I, I really do think it was, what were you driving? You were driving, Margie, and um, we were going to, go taking you from your house, going back to campus or whatever, and and you wanted McDonald's again, and it was getting expensive. 
Yeah. I remember Margie going, my habit. Yeah. Who's going to pay for that? (laughs) It's like, Margie, Martha, do you have any money? And you're like, well, Well, you know, well, how are you going to do that? And Margie, I think it was your other one. It's like, maybe you need to get a job. (laughs) Put you to work. Mm -hmm. And so then we did pick up. You talked about, you know, well, where did you want to work? And then you came and then you, as you said, you wanted to work at McDonald's. And so we picked up an application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we did say there were, you know, there were certain rules and regulations. You had to be a certain age. So I don't know if they would, we didn't know if they would accept you. Um, and then we took a picture of your, your application with you mm-hmm. in front of a small door in your, your house. So you'd look older than you were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and we could at a McDonald's. That. You ended up having a McDonald's themed birthday party. I remember and didn't that or at some point there because I could remember you had an apron. I think my mom may have she made made that for me. Yeah, had a big M on it that doubled for Martha and McDonald's, but (laughs) um, it had an apron so that you could, you know, you were ready to go to work there. That's (laughs) so cute. And then didn't you get me a like you could make McDonald's, you know, quote unquote McDonald's food at your home. So like the, the buns were vanilla wafers and oh yes. And yeah. the thin mints were the, were the hamburger patties. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, yep. uh, or, you put like bread through this thing and it cut the bread into little slices and those were the French fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, to- it's toys or something. We bought it somewhere. Yeah. And then, and then I remember I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sell this like a lemonade stand yeah, uh, because I wanted money to go buy actual McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was very profitable. <laughs> that showed a lot of ingenuity and a lot of entrepreneurship skills there. So you're learning a lot at four. That is true. <laughs> That is very true. And yeah, I um I I remember that then I also there was another place in town, um, a restaurant that I really like their chicken fingers. And so mom was telling me as I was asking her uh to prep for this, she was telling me that I also applied at a different place in town. Because uh, I was like, oh, well, if I can't work at McDonald's, then this other place that has really good chicken fingers will, will be good. It's good too. to have options. It's always good. That's right. That's right. It is. It is. You were good at helping scan, too, like at Walmart or Target or when scanners were first coming in. And they would let you, you would stand in the buggy at checkout and you would want to whoosh all the items across the scan. Um thing you uh-huh. know for the worker there so you were you were learning all kinds of skills That's as a young so child funny. well it paid off when I first moved to Chicago I had four different jobs to you know <laughs> wow. make ends meet so that spirit has never left me that's right that's right um well that's that's very funny and we uh Debbie this morning before this call sent 
some pictures that she had scanned in, uh, one of which is me holding that McDonald's application in front of the small door. So I will put (laughs) that up on Facebook and Instagram uh, just to show you guys how (laughs) silly. It's clearly I'm standing in front of a small door. I don't think it's silly. I think it was very clever on our part to take a picture (laughs) of you making you look like you're a six feet tall child. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. I was like, oh, this will work. Because <laughs> I was also a very, very small child. I know that the doctor had to make me my own chart, my own size chart, because I wasn't on the normal one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very short. I, I eventually caught up, but I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty small. Um, so... You spoke about one time getting in an argument. Uh, as far as discipline goes, I don't remember any discipline. You guys snuck it in there. Uh, but how how did you handle discipline? Well, I think having two people helped. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you were a problem child at all. It, you were super easy to take care of. It was a joy to be with you. So I think a a good spirit in a child goes a long way. (laughs) Um, But um, I think having two, you know, it just helps if I think most any child gets harder when it's, when they're tired. Mm -hmm. But you know, if, if one can distract and the other one's getting a bath or the other one's getting, you know, we're just, you're able to help each other. And then it makes it easier. So somebody's can stay focused on the child. Um, while other ones getting something or preparing a bath or getting something ready so that everything goes quicker. Um, I think that's one of the things as a single parent that I noticed was, you know, wow, when you're doing it by yourself, you have to do it all. And sometimes that means you can't have your focus always on the child. Um, But, you know, it helps to have the meal ready and it helps to have the bath and, (laughs) you know, they need all of that too. But um, it's great when you can have, more than one helper. Um, I think it, you know, to work together. And I think that's why God designed family the way he did, um, Mm -hmm. to work together, you know, with a child. But, um, but I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember ever disciplining you. I mean, no, yeah, not so much. I mean, I think we were, we always reinforce each other. So if there was some sort of behavior that wasn't like the only thing that I can comes to mind for me is more of a getting you to say please and thank you uh-huh. when, ver- versus being demanding. And, you know, and I remember your mom saying, well, if you girls ever have kids, they're going to be the most polite kids on the planet. <laughs> because we used to make you say please and thank you. But it was because it was initially, you know, when you were getting tired or were having those uh, starting to be in a fit mode, if you will, mm-hmm. that, you know, you wouldn't, you would lose your pleas and, and become more demanding. And we were just trying to enforce that, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're here together and let's be nice. Let's, let's play nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really, so that's nice. what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I've actually gotten the one, a very similar <laughs> comment from nanny families before, because that is a big thing that that I push as well. So I got that from, I'm learning so much of the, my nanny techniques came from you guys. 
Yeah. And your mom, I mean, I think your your mom set up your expectations and, you know, we, we kept that going. Like it wasn't turned off when we were there. Right. His mom wasn't there. It was like, yeah, your mom is such a great role model. And it was, she was a role model for us as well as yourself and, and many other men and women, of course. But so that really, um, it made it easy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping that culture going, even when Mm -hmm. the parents aren't home. Yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, back to your point, Margie, about um, having two of you, something that in my nanny practice um, that I, I do frequently is I do, I plan a lot of play dates so that they're two nannies and, you know, we'll have four kids, but we can do a similar thing of one nanny can be actively playing with the kids and the other one can be prepping the meal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Getting lunch ready or uh, an activity. If we're going to, Taryn, who's been on the podcast, did this awesome uh, sensory activity for us one day. And so Leah and I were playing with, there were six kids at that point, you know, and then Taryn was getting everything ready for this activity so that we could just seamlessly move into that. And it is, it's so lovely when that happens. And then you go back to being by yourself and you're like, oh man, I got to do it all. All right. Um, but yeah. And, and with your daughter, Margie, are there, are there things that you learned taking care of me that have now transferred over? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me, you were probably the first child that I ever spent like an extended period of your life with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because before that I might've babysat, you know, a family here, a kid there, that kind of thing. But I wasn't really like part of their life. Mm-hmm. And so it was great to kind of have the sense of, okay, this is really fun. You know, we go shopping together. We go to, out to eat. We're just at home together. Um, but yeah, I think it made me feel more at ease just being able to be around, a, you know, a tiny person, you know, and get used right. to a child. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. I think that- being in, in the, you know, definitely reading and and just all of that, you know, just, you just, I just did it again kind of thing. Yes. And And the love for Disney world is still there. So yeah. (laughs) Nice. Uh, and, and what Debbie was mentioning earlier, um, I, I think about giving the child a voice in, in the, um, in their day. I think there are a lot of parents that it's their, you know, their first interaction with a child is their own child. And, yeah. uh, and I think that that's something that doesn't necessarily come naturally to a lot of people is giving a child space to make their own choices. And it's so important. And, and I, I see that in Grace as you, um, as you raise her because I, you know, follow you guys on on Facebook and stuff. And Mm -hmm. she certainly seems to have a strong voice. Yes, she does. (laughs) She's very, she's very um, strong willed and independent child. So I don't know if that's just from being an only child as well, but um, she's also a a big reader. So she's always had a strong articulate vocabulary 
because I can remember being at the pediatrician with her and she was having a conversation with her doctor when she was probably three or four herself. And, and she said something about Volkswagen at Poppy's house, her grandfather's house. And the pediatrician looked over at me and he's like, wow, you know, <laughs> a four-syllable word already, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to have to watch this one. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so I think definitely, um, you know, again, just, and I think we never really, even though you were a child, um, we didn't treat you as a child. I mean, I think we yeah. tried to instill and value in you the person that you were. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't always baby baby children. I mean, I know babies need to be baby, but, um, right. But I think just helping, helping a child to know they have value in the world. Yeah. Um, even though you're not, we, we couldn't get you a job at McDonald's at four, but you know, we let <laughs> you believe that that was possible or that, you know, eventually this would happen, but just showing that you have value and worth, I think is something important to instill in children. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. No, but it's so true though. I think about there is one time, um, I mean, children often speak with such clarity because Mm -hmm. they're not bogged down in the layers of life, if you will. So I remember um, a hall hall director next door was having a hard time with his girlfriend and he came over and Martha, you were with me at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, you just said to Mark, send her flowers. <laughs> and it was so simple, but I, I went to Mark. And I went, well, she's right. <laughs> That's kind of what you need to do. <laughs> and, but it, it, it cut through all the layers of what, you know, what the palm, you know, you just make that gesture, you know, just do something. And that just, I mean, it, it goes back to Margie's point of showing, you know, valuing what you're saying and contributing because it is there. If you, if, if as adults, you listen. Right. I remember one time we were at your house and I think your mom had already put you to bed, but Debbie and I were still there and you could hear us uh, sharing and talking with your mom and you kept coming back to the door and your mom would, uh, you know, back to bed, please. You know, and then <laughs> she got a little more stern as the night wore on. But at one point, you know, it's like Martha, you know, back in bed and she's very serious and, and, and you turned away, but you turned right around and came back. And I remember this forever when you said that hurt my feelings. And you actually (laughs) said that. And it was like, we all just collapsed because it was like, so true. I mean, we were just like, I'm sorry, you know, and it was just hard for you to not be with us when you knew we were all there and you could hear us talking, you know, in the other room and stuff. And I can remember Grace behaved the same way when she was little. I had um, friends over and I had put her to bed because they were staying later as well. And she could hear us and she was just having a fit in her crib and she wouldn't quiet down until I just went and got her and brought her back in. You know, sometimes it's like bedtime is just out the door, you know, but it's like they want to be part of it. They know something's going on that they're not part of and they want to be part of things. So I just just remember with clarity how well you expressed yourself about your feelings even as a little child. So I was like, man, that's so true. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, it is. It's so important. And I, I know that I, I was very lucky that literally everyone 
in my life because it I certainly was raised by a village. Um, really, really encouraged that. Um, so yeah, because I know I I also told my stepdad uh, who has been in my life since I was three, but uh, when I got to six and he still had not proposed to my mom, I was like. I want to be a flower girl, so I'm going to need you to get married. (laughs) (laughs) And you were. (laughs) Yeah, and I was. Um, But I I didn't didn't let him, uh, yeah, get away with it for much longer. I was like, this is, it's half of my life. I don't know if I said that, but it, you know, I was like, you guys have been dating for half of my life, so. (laughs) And I want a pretty dress. Yes, yes. Let's get this going. Um, <laughs> well, awesome. Um, well, another thing as as the school year in Illinois starts again, uh, a lot of my nanny friends are ending their time with their nanny kids. Uh, Taryn and Leah are both moving on to bigger and better things, and uh, and. You guys have have stayed in my life my entire life. I mean, Debbie, I know you came and saw me in Charlie's Aunt in college, uh, and that was so meaningful to me. Um, And, you know, I was at Grace's birthday party and and things like that. So um, how have you guys been able to maintain that connection, and, and how has it grown as you know, we've all, we've all grown. Yeah. I think anytime you build a true friendship or relationship, distance and time really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can always, you pick the relationship right back up wherever it was um, because the quality and the love was there to start with. Yes. So I think, I think that's what makes it easy, you know, just a, a quick card or a, email or something nowadays, but you still feel connected. Um, and I see your mom, you know, here in town and stuff too. It's just, you know, people still around and in your life, but it may not be as frequent as it used to be. Like if you were caring for a child every day or once a week or whatever it is, but I think as long as the relationship was real and that love was real, that it can pick up or continue, you know, forever. Yeah, that's a really good point. No, I think that that's it, very, very true. I think, though, that there would be a there could be a perceived difference for nannies, professional nannies like yourself. I mean, we did it out of love. We were never paid. We, mm-hmm. you know, did that. But the reality is, if you have that, if you have that conversation with the family, I, I think that because you're going to develop those real feelings um, that it would be best for the child to have context. So you don't have, you're not tearing you away like, you know, a bandaid on a wound, um, you know, so you, so don't have that separation as right. much and, and see if it's okay to, you know, drop them a line, see how they're doing, mm-hmm. send them a birthday card or, you know, cause that professional relationship may be a little bit different. And, and so that's something that we never luckily had to worry about because we were always invested in you and your family. And, and Margie's right where, you know, that's a, a true testament to great friendship. You know, yeah. like I'll call Margie out of the blue and vice versa, you know, just to say hello. And it, and we just chat forever on the phone like mm-hmm. it was yesterday. 
Yeah. That's so lovely. And, and yes, it is uh, slightly different when it's a professional uh, relationship, but certainly as nannies, we straddle that line of being part of the family um, and then it also being our profession. Uh, and so I know that like I babysat the other night for a child that I first met when uh, he was five and he's 10 now, you know, and, and I, I plan to, to stay around in, in his life. Uh, he's such a cool kid. <laughs> um, and, and some of the girls that I started when they were two and four, and I still get to see them once a week because their parents have, uh, have allowed me to have a standing one day a week. I get to see them for three hours one day a week. And just that has been so helpful um, in staying in their lives and knowing what's going on. And, you know, we talk about what they're doing in school and it's just so cool. It's also good for the development of the child. I mean, think about your, what you're teaching by showing that in a, in a land and a culture where we're constantly bombarded with three second images or, you know, Oh, let me just scroll through Facebook, which is fabulous. I love it indeed, but you're only getting snippets, but you're Mm -hmm. having that main connection continue, which shows you that life is more than a three second, like, um, you know, so yeah. <laughs> we, it really gives value. Yeah, yeah sure. that's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, letting letting Facebook work for you, not <laughs> working for Facebook, is right, something yeah. that um, now with the older kids, as the kids that I nanny have gotten older, you know, we started talking about that because they're probably going to have when they go into high school. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. yeah. probably will have Facebook. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's really lovely. Um, well, those were my main questions. As is there anything else that you guys want to add, or any area that we didn't really get into that you were hoping we would? Not that I can think of right off. Yeah. No, it was just really fun um, reliving yeah. and retelling the stories because they they do bring they do bring smiles to our faces and it's mm-hmm. it's um and it's fun to see what you know how Margie and I remember you know like I was like oh that's right you did do those dinner table monologues oh my god how could I almost forget that <laughs> oh that's great for things I'll have to get through the photo albums up in the attic and see what else I can find. Oh yeah, picture wise, because I'm mm-hmm. sure we have pictures around. I just it's been a while, and having moved a few times, things have been boxed up. But it's like, oh, I bet I can find some really incriminating photos. That I, <laughs> send your way. I think they'll need to be improved by both of us before we. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yep. Don't send me anything that you don't want me to post. <laughs> I will. Well. <laughs> Although looking at some of that fashion, those pants oh. I'm wearing in that picture, those little shorts, <laughs> so funny. And you're not responsible for your, well, sometimes you are, but you're yeah. not responsible <laughs> for all the fashion when you're young. That's true. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, awesome. Well, 
This is my 50th episode, and if you listeners would like to do me the biggest favor you can do me, uh, the, the best way to help this podcast is to go on iTunes and write a review. If you rate the podcast uh, and write a review, that in their algorithm is the best way to bump us up the charts. So if you would do that for me, that would be incredible. Also, if you have a nanny friend or a friend who's in childcare at all um, that you think would like this podcast, tell them about it because word of mouth is the best way to to get someone to actually listen. Advertising can only do so much. So if you have someone in your life that you think would enjoy this podcast, uh, I would I would love it if you would just mention it to them. That would be great. And then there's going to be a lot of really funny pictures this week on Instagram and Facebook. So be sure you're following Chronicles of Nania on both of those because, yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see that. And, uh, and we end each episode with a fun story uh, from, from a kid, and Margie has brought one for us. Sure, yeah, Grace is my daughter, and one of the f- favorite things I remember when she was little that we always like to do when we go to church, and so we go to a large church, and um, we would park further away and ride the bus. Mm-hmm. So they had two buses at church that would help take people in. And so it was always like a competition among the deacons that drove the buses who got to pick up grace each Sunday. <laughs> and so we could always, I mean, we had to be there every Sunday because we couldn't miss because then it was a big, where's grace? Who's got grace? We don't know where grace is. And so it was like a huge ordeal, but it was so cute when they would radio each other, you know, I've got her now. You can get her on you. I'll let you take her back, you know, and all this. And she could direct traffic with the point of her finger. She would just point, you know, and go. And it was the cutest thing. Um, but she was, they were, they were so used to looking for her and, and helping her. And I thought that was so sweet for these older men who didn't even know her to really get into being accountable for what she here. Is she doing okay? You know, and all of that. So I just loved watching her when she would be standing on the sidewalk and she put her finger out and the one would pull up and put the door open and she'd be trying to clamber up into the van. <laughs> and then um, she never sat down and she wouldn't wear a seatbelt. So I had to hold her in the seat or hold her in my lap so he, she could see mm-hmm. over the seat and watch where they were driving. And um, there were times when we tried to walk back because it wasn't far. We tried to walk back to our car and they would pull over. They would stop the vans on the street to get her in the van. And I was like, no, no, we're walking. You know, we're practicing our walking and she's, we're, it's a beautiful day and we're fine. Oh, no, no, no. But, um, but she looked forward to that too. And I think she knew she was special there, you know, for something really simple, but, but she really felt special and accounted for. And I think um, it, it was, it was a fun time for everybody. Yeah, included in that community. That's so lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been such fun. I really, really appreciate you taking time to to do this with me. It's been great. Enjoy it. Yeah, and and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.
Hey, it's Martha again. So after we ended the episode, we stayed on the phone and chatted for several more minutes. And um, Margie and Debbie both shared some really funny stories. So I've just tagged them on the end here. Uh, they're, they're just really sweet. And so I wanted to share these with you guys too, because I, I kept recording. So uh, if Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy these fun stories. Bye. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> We're all, like, down in your lobby or something, and Martha's, like, ringing away on that emergency call button. We didn't even know it, and then all of a sudden, like, all these police cars came swarming to the front, and they were, like, because the hall wasn't open or something, and because they were knocking to get in, the police were. Oh my gosh! And we were like, "What's wrong? What's happening?" You know. And then they're like, "Well, <laughs> you all have called and called for police," and we were like, "No." But I think Martha had gotten around behind the desk or something, and you were punching that emergency call button. That's so funny. We should have told that one. Well, that was, oh my God. well, no, we probably shouldn't tell that one because your mother was in charge of housing. <laughs> <laughs> my well, favorite was, do you remember this one? This is before you really were talking. We were trying to teach you our names and we were throwing, we were in Massey and we were throwing a playing catch and you were in the center. <laughs> uh, you would throw it to me and went, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> There to Marge and she go, Margie, we did this back and forth. We were trying to get you to know our names. And then in the middle of the game, you you stopped and you pointed put your hand on your chest, Marta. <laughs> like, oh oh yeah yeah that's right you're Martha. <laughs> that's right you're in this too. Forgot yeah. That's so funny. Oh that was hysterical. <laughs> and you were right. You're so tiny. I remember how little you were. Um, because yeah. I remember we had um, you had those diet cokes in that case thing that would let one one soda out at a time mm -hmm. and sometimes mm -hmm. we would ask you to get us a soda could you get me a diet coke and you would be like yes and you'd go wandering into the kitchen and yank the refrigerator open and then you would take two hands it would take two of your <laughs> hands and both your little arms of muscle to pull that out of that thing and bring it to us and then as soon as you brought one you'd be like oh could you bring me one too <laughs> and we'd make you go get another one because you could only bring one at a time. Your hands were so tiny and stuff. You had to get them, and then we'd send you back. You'd be like, okay, yes. And then you'd go back to another one. Luckily, you were never brought but up yeah, for child you were tiny. Yeah, you were little. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.